Art is too important not to share. Welcome to the Allie and Callie Artcast. Hi, I'm Allie. And I'm Callie, and we're with the Coeur d'Alene Arts and Culture Alliance. Hello. Hello, everybody, <laughs> and welcome back to the Allie and Callie Artcast. It's, it's exciting. It is exciting. It's, it's always good to fun. be back. Always good to be back. It's always nice to sit here with you. It is, and also nice to sit with you in the live theater performance. That's right, and we got to go to see Midsummer Night's Dream. At NIC, mm-hmm. and it was fantastic. And if you've ever seen Midnight Midsummer Night's Dream before, it's usually cast with, you know, kind of fairies and... Um, and this was a little I loved different. it. It was set in the 60s, kind of far right. out, man. Yeah. Groovy. It was very Joe Jacobi-ish. <laughs> I loved it. And it started out and I was like the very opening scene and I thought, wow, they didn't do much with the set. You know, that was my first impression. And I thought, mm-hmm. good God, they could. I mean, I could have built that, you know, <laughs> and then the curtains opened. Yeah. And it was so my I got chills. It was so fun. And I wanted to I applauded and no, I was like, come on, people. This yep. is pretty awesome. It was very flower power. It was. And it was like day glow. And it was just it. I would like to own that set, like just to have it. I hope you oh. kept it. I hope we'll have to ask Joe if he kept it. Yes, we'll have to ask yes. him. But it was fantastic. Fantastic. The talent was great. It was fun to see all that new talent. Mm-hmm. And there might be older older talent at NIC, which I love to see that there's mm-hmm. just, they're not all, you know, young adults. There's right. there's a couple of older people. Right. Which is fun to see. Yeah, it was, it was just a really fun show. And it's great that, you know, Shakespeare is very relatable and it's very understandable. You just have mm-hmm. to give it a shot. And I'll spare you f- with my Shakespeare impression. Well, and I will say Midsummer Night. <laughs> Stream <laughs> is the only Shakespeare I've ever done, and I did it in high school. Really? Yes, and I was Hermia. Oh, fun! And I tried to remember the speech at, at, when yeah. we were there, and, uh-huh. and I only can... remember like the first two lines, and then I was like, "That's it." All right. I'd, so, what are the first two lines? I puppet. Why so? I the way that goes the game. Well, she perceives her height. She has prevailed or pursued see I can't remember yep. that's it okay that's why I do musical theater <laughs> anyway well it was a good effort thank you so much <laughs> and scene <laughs> <laughs> well it just so happens that Joe Jacoby is here with us today and we're very excited to talk to him not only about that show but all the shows that he's done at NIC and how he got into theater in the first place so Welcome, Joe. Welcome, Joe. Good morning. (laughs) Good morning. We really did enjoy that show. Oh, I'm so glad. Thanks for such kind words. It was really fun for us to get to play with. Yeah, it was a really fun show. How long did you guys rehearse that one? We started rehearsing the last week of January. Okay. And and we, we knew we were taking spring break off, and we also knew there was a theater conference in February, so we were going to take that week off. Right. So oh, I right. So make sure we had enough time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. Oh, it was great. Yeah, it I really was. I hope everybody got to see it. Yeah. It was so fun. It, it really was. It really was. So what was the process that led you to uh, setting it in the 60s? You know, that's a good question. Um Partly, when we were going to be in lockdown, uh, we had this show on our radar, and I had this idea of finishing with All You Need Is Love and people going out into the audience and creating this sense of community. Oh, yeah. Hoping we would be back in the fall of 2020, mm-hmm. and that would be a welcoming back. Right. And also kind of reminding us that we're all connected, that we're really all on the same side we seem to be so compartmentalized and, mm-hmm. and in opposition and trying to mitigate that a bit uh, and so as i thought about that i thought well the early part of the play kind of feels like the black and white television 60s and then you get into the woods and it's the summer of love and mm-hmm. there's the color and the kind of innocence the the innocent optimism so I, I, I tried to make sure that the music didn't go past 67 because by about the end of 67, the summer of love was 
got a little people different. had kind of crawled in there mm-hmm. and taking advantage and so there was more cynicism and mm-hmm. uh, so I was trying to capture that sort of feel that you know anything can happen and and so it became a lot of fun mm-hmm. uh, and Carol uh, Carol Urquhart our costume designer just was brilliant in helping to fulfill that and Justin right. as a scene designer uh, ended up finding a wonderful way for us to get into the woods and mm-hmm. really make that contrast yes. work because I really wanted the formalism of the 60s and kind of, again, that black and white look, mm-hmm. which is why that the opening scene. so... Yes, it was right. so perfect, though. It made such perfect sense, you yeah. know. I, w- I didn't know the concept. And so when the curtain opened, it was just so revealed so perfectly. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, oh. that's why. It well, was that's perfect. A, that's encouraging because you shouldn't have to know the concept to be able to appreciate it. Right. Yeah, and right. I'm an audience member. Right. Just experiencing the play. And exactly. that was so fun to just go, okay, I love it. It's great. <laughs> yeah. That makes and sense. And Jamie Marble did an amazing job researching that style of painting. Oh, it's so and fun. recreating it and did really the, the painting style was all her research and her taking the, the ball. Justin was really generous about handing that over to mm-hmm. her. Oh, that's Jamie great. Just always excels. Did you so. get to save wow. some of those pieces? They're, uh, yeah, they're, they're in, t- well, they're not intact. They're in you pieces, know, they're yeah. They're in pieces, but they still exist. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. Because they're pretty cool. I they mean, were. if anyone's doing something yeah. in the 60s and needs some far out bar- backdrops or, you know, I don't know. I think it's very cool. And the great lighting design. Oh, Jay. Jay does Parker. a fabulous oh job. Between him and Tyler both. Because yeah. Tyler helped create some of the special effects. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a tech rehearsal when all of a sudden I could see that Jay was... In my mind, we go to the woods, and there's that light cue, and then we come back and change the lights when we come back to the the city. And all of a sudden, Jay was sort of playing with a different look when the fairies were on stage, and then a different look when the people were on stage. And I thought, oh, that's right. So mm-hmm. for the fairies, this is the middle of the day. Right. And for mm-hmm. the people, it's, it's a night. moonlight night. So mm-hmm. we started talking about fairy bright or people dark. Yeah. Uh, and so his vision... I mean, all of the designers just added so much to yeah. what we were doing. It was, well, it was a really, it was a really quality production. We yeah, were, it was really we were well really done. happy to be there. And oh yeah, well, loved I'm so it. glad. I'm fortunate to be part of an incredibly creative team that mm-hmm. is always committed to the story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And I think it's uh, this is a good time to add that all the productions that NIC put on puts on are free. Yes. To the public. So anybody can, can go it. down and mm-hmm. go see these these productions. Well, even as an educator in Idaho, I can afford to go see our shows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a show we could afford. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> free is good. Free is nice. A free night of live entertainment. Exactly. Which, and really good entertainment. And yeah. uh, what a great chance for some of those people to get to do Shakespeare. Yeah. And... Yeah. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah. Tell us, how did Joe... And be- about you. Yeah. What? Tell us about Joe. Oh. <laughs> I, I, and I, I want to add right here that when I think of you, I think of tie-dyed shirts and socks. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and the story continues. And there it is. <laughs> he doesn't disappoint. No, he doesn't. No, not very creative. <laughs> Actually, it was interesting. One day I was walking from Boswell down to the Student Union building and somebody came out of Sherman uh, and came running out and said, are you okay? Because I was dressed for a meeting and so I had like you know, a jacket and oh. no visible tie-dyes. Are you feeling all right? Oh, no. I don't see any tie-dye. So I showed him my socks and then the world was And then it was okay. Oh, yeah. Things are all right. That's awesome. The world is still okay. But it was so kind and sweet. Right. Oh, uh, you know, actually, I didn't get into tie-dye for... It's been comparatively recent in my life. Um I did most of my growing up in Boise. Mm-hmm. Oh. And uh, I was born in California, I know, using... That C word can be scary, but uh, uh, but my parents moved because my grandparents were in Boise, mm-hmm. and uh, my dad was a Montana kid, and so uh, uh, when I was ten years old, we moved up to Boise. I went to school there and um, started going to college, and 
was realizing I just wasn't I wasn't as impressed with the BSU department at the time and mm-hmm. and I stepped back thinking I'm going to get back to it and then I never really did uh, for about 14 years mm-hmm. so you know uh, I got married and divorced and married and divorced because you've got to take you've got to fill that time somehow yeah right <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that's a good way to look at it it's a little embarrassing to say well my first ex-wife <laughs> oh really oh Callie can relate don't to worry that. I've got I've got two ex-husbands I, I get it oh good I, have pra- I call them I call them practice yeah sometimes <laughs> sometimes you know, you've yeah. got to you know got to work we're through it we're growing as people that's right we're I'm learning slow starter yeah yeah exactly. which i think unfortunately in our culture you know you can get away with that being male a lot easier than being female mm-hmm. um so after the second divorce i thought well if i don't really change my life i'm gonna just keep doing this cycle it's cycle you know? mm-hmm. yeah exactly and and so i went back to school and i didn't tell anybody this time i've always said well i'm gonna go back to school next year i'm gonna go back to school right next year. right of course it never did talking about it seemed to fulfill mm-hmm. the need and uh uh, so I went back to Boise State, and their department was really strong at that point. I got to go with some terrific students, great teachers, uh, role models, and I still have friends from that period. And one of my closest friends, Michael Baltzell, was an instructor there, and he had a lot to do with my interest. In, he, he always was interested in learning, finding out what you don't know, challenging yourself. Mm-hmm. Everybody was, but I think it was seeing his his role model he's a true renaissance person mm-hmm. you know i mean he's the guy that when he finds a leak in his bathroom he has to take take the wall apart and then he can retile and retile the floor and then he builds musical instruments and he writes music and he'll direct plays wow he's their yeah he's their technical director mm-hmm. but just an artist in so many wonderful ways mm-hmm. and as a person he's just curious and interested in all these things and so that became something that really inspired me and I'm not nearly as good at it as he is uh, and I certainly don't have the skill set he says he has but uh, it was really something that inspired me about education and then when I went to grad school at uh, University of Idaho um, I was teaching intro to theater classes and doing a lot of directing because my Master of Fine Arts degree is in directing. Mm -hmm. And it was such a terrific program there, too. And I got to go with great students, Mm -hmm. great program, great faculty. Uh, And another inspiration, David Lee Painter, who's one of the acting teachers there. And he and I went to high school together, and he's always been a role model, but Mm -hmm. you, you can hardly find a more beautiful, caring, kind, generous, ethical person. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, I realized as I was getting ready to graduate that um, I was going to miss teaching as much as I was going to miss working on theater. So uh, Tim Rarick was getting ready to go on sabbatical at I remember that time. Yep. He sent me, he sent a letter down there and I had this funny feeling. I looked at the letter. I thought, I think this might be my job. So Mm -hmm. I sent him my materials. He interviewed Virginia Johnson spoke with me. So they were Mm going to hire me. And then it turned out that Virginia had to call me back and say, well, Joe, you haven't actually applied. Oh, (laughs) because I sent my materials to Tim and not to human resources, which Uh. was how. Oh, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So I actually had to apply, and then I was able to get that job. And I was on campus for about 15 minutes when I decided I would really love to work here. Mm-hmm. And Tim had indicated that once he got back, he wasn't. He was going to be retiring, not right away, but... So I just felt like it was the longest job interview. Mm-hmm. Right. Could, every day was a new day of the job interview. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, well, and then you got to work with Tim too, which and I got to work I'm with sure Tim, was a treat. A, he is another amazing person. I've been so fortunate to be around people. Uh, if I were trying to name the list, we'd be here for about five, six mm-hmm. days without stopping. Mm-hmm. People who I've been fortunate enough to get to work with and know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I got to be mentored by Tim. Um, so that's how I arrived at North Idaho College. I kind of started, got interested in theater because I was a Trekkie, mm-hmm. and I was always interested in the process. <laughs> right, and right. Was, and I got interested in the Beatles, and I was interested in the process. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was at Boise, uh, Bishop Kelly High School in Boise, and uh, uh, they did not have a drama program. And so oh. I switched high schools because Capital High School had a drama program. Mm-hmm. You know, Bishop Kelly was great because, you know, you had to take all the things, you know, English, math, uh, history, you know, guilt 101. <laughs> um, 
you know, the football players were all in remedial guilt. <laughs> and uh, uh, so I, there was no room in the schedule. So I went to Capitol and that's where I met David. Uh, and it just felt like home. Mm-hmm. You know, for those of us who are in theater. Yeah. yeah. There's something about that, which is really a bad sign because that means you're stuck. Yeah. You know? yeah. If you get told over I and know. over again, yeah. if you can do anything else, please do, do that it. Because yeah. the chances of finding a career or getting work are so mm-hmm. difficult. Everybody else wants that job too. Right. Mm-hmm. It reminds but, me of um, my, my ex-husband, uh, who I met doing summer theater. And in that environment, all of us in that summer theater were really close and we were like family and about 10 of us got married that year and only one couple is still together and that's Terrence and Angela. Yeah. Everybody else. And I, and I always say, I met my ex-husband in like this surreal world. Mm -hmm. And then once we got married and entered the real world, I looked at him and said, I don't know why. What was I thinking? I married you. What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> but on the other hand, I met my husband in summer theater and we're still together. Yay. So 28 years, or I don't know, 1994. Do the math. Yeah. I'll yeah. figure it out. <laughs> I met right. my, my current wife doing theater too. Yeah. So Did you? Yeah. See, okay. Good. Yeah. So yeah, I was working sound on a play that I didn't want to be working on because the, <laughs> um, the director and I didn't get along real well. We just kind of, we, we had different tastes, yeah. really. Mm-hmm. So, But he needed somebody to run sound and one of the cast members begged me and I was like, oh, yeah. they didn't have anybody else. So, you know, <laughs> right. um, being raised Catholic, you know, it's the guilt thing. Yeah, right. Say no. <laughs> but that's actually something, that's a problem in the arts in general. It's you know, really hard. We don't learn how to say no often enough. Right. Mm-hmm. So I did that, and then there was this woman who I just couldn't take my eyes off of. But I was just coming off of my second divorce, and I thought, I'm not, know, yeah, no, I'm not, not going interested. there. Right. <laughs> so then somehow, uh, it was meant to at be. At the closing night party, I told her I was in the phone book, and then I get this call from a Michelle saying, "Well, you want to go see the Shakespeare production of Macbeth?" And I thought, "Oh, Michelle." Yeah, that's fine. We're friends. It won't be a problem. And then she mm-hmm. said, you don't know who this is, do you? And I said, oh, it's Michelle. <laughs> and then as I hung up, I realized it was this other Michelle from the show who I'd given, told was in, I was in the phone book. So I'd actually accidentally set up my own blind date. Oh, <laughs> funny. <laughs> but I think that's, I mean, to some extent, one of the reasons I feel so comfortable in theater is because I'm not, I, I tend to be rather introverted in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And that, it's that, you get this family together and mm-hmm. so there's this uh you get this togetherness you get a connection and it becomes safe people understand you um and theater becomes a home for people who don't always fit other places mm-hmm. and Boy, howdy. that's one of the most important aspects of the arts in general but theater in particular i think it brings in people and people tend to think of actors as being arrogant or standoffish when actually a lot of actors are more introverted mm-hmm. and so you'll go to auditions and you'll see all this group laughing and having a great time and you think oh i don't belong in this club but they're all just saying i know somebody else thank goodness it's making me less scared right, right. yeah right yeah so uh yeah so I, I, I found this home and decided, well, I would rather go into theater than any place else because I'm going to work harder at it. I'm more committed. I'm. It doesn't feel so much like work, you know, when you mm-hmm. do those long hours. It's like, yeah, but this is just what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So I thought, I'm, I've got to give it a shot. Yeah. And somehow things fell into place and, you know, I was managing to convince Tim to retire as quickly as possible. Um, <laughs> hey, good morning, Tim. How are you doing? Would you rather be fishing? Have a nice day. Would you rather be fishing? Oh, I see you're getting ready to go to class. Would you rather be fishing? Um, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, or isn't uh, it time to write that that show that you've been dying to write? <laughs> except he always was doing that anyway. Oh, so. <laughs> and he still is. He's working on yet another play. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it is. It's wonderful because he's uh, so anyway uh, uh, I, I, once I got to North Idaho College it, I, I just don't want to leave that's great and I get to work with terrific students and as you saw evidence of an mm-hmm. amazing team of people mm-hmm. 
Hi, I'm Marilee Wallace, a board member of the Coeur d'Alene Arts and Culture Alliance and the owner of NIA, the North Idaho Alliance. We specialize in connecting women of all ages, experience, and backgrounds in our community. One of the ways to do this is at our annual Onward and Upward Women's Conference, and it's coming up on May 25th. Our speakers are amazing, so you don't want to miss this. Tickets are on sale at Eventbrite, and they're just $79 for the entire day. On your web browser, type in Onward and Upward Women's Conference 22. And if you still can't find us, talk to Allie and Callie. They can tell you how to find us. We'll look forward to seeing you on May 25th at the Onward and Upward Women's Conference. And oh, men are welcome, so feel free to bring them. So, Joe, I want to know, what is it about theater that you love so much? And um, and with your acting, what have have you done a lot of acting and what have you done uh acting was how i first got into theater uh and i really miss it actually. yeah um as i started directing i found that um one of the things i really enjoyed was seeing so many things happening on stage that i didn't think of that you know that became bigger than me but it also scares me more because if something doesn't work like it's it's my fault. Mm-hmm. Even in auditions, I'm, you know, as as if actors are nervous, I still, as a director, I'm nervous. I don't think I'm going to mess this up. I'm going to keep people from doing their best work. Um, you know, I've let people down. Opening night, if we if if we've gone down this path that doesn't work, it's my fault. I've misled all these people. Mm-hmm. As acting, as an actor, I only have to worry about mm-hmm. his character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And uh, and I really do love love acting but I think with theater it's just the the community aspect so mm-hmm. much the collaboration mm-hmm. I think that as a group we end up creating something larger than the whole of the sum of its parts mm-hmm. and there's something really beautiful about that and uh, plays there are so many wonderful plays that just are inspiring and have wonderful challenges and are, are fascinating. And I've been really fortunate as uh, the the director of the theater department to be able to get to choose right <laughs> plays how, that really fascinate me. How many shows do you guys produce a year? Two. Two, okay. We used to produce three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we had uh, one of our program reviews said, you know, you're really burning out your staff. And I was feeling kind of burnt out too. <laughs> I mm-hmm. thought, oh, okay, that resonates. All right. Okay. So we went down to two. It's been Sorry. probably 10 or 14 or 15 years maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that keeps us plenty mm-hmm. busy. Busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and usually I try to get a guest director in, but it's been tough the last few years Oh sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been directing two shows a year, which is mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot. It gets to be a lot because yeah. there's so much prep and then of course you're gone. It's like the director isn't the person who gets to miss rehearsal. No. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, with acting, what was your what was your favorite role to play? Oh, I got to I was <laughs> so fortunate to get to play Salieri in a production of Amadeus. That's fine. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. And that was a real good acting lesson because it's so well written Mm -hmm. and it was beyond my skill set, really. And so I really had to dig in and uh, it was a great learning experience and ended up being a really great experience overall. Um, Another role that really opened my eyes was uh, a, a, a little play called Lone Star. It's a one-act play and this guy named Cletus in there, but David Lee Painter was directing and I started really seeing, I don't know, I've been in a fair amount of plays and I was pretty used to getting cast after auditions, Mm -hmm. but I'd always had this sense that there was further to go, but I didn't know quite, you know, what that was or how that was. And playing that role, I got a clear, a clear idea that there really is this other level. And I thought, y- you can't rely on the bag of tricks. You, mm-hmm. know, you really have to dig in. But I didn't have any knowledge of acting technique. Oh. So, um, you know, as a community theater, which, I mean, community theater gives so many of us our start. Mm-hmm. Uh, the downfall of it is, is that you don't necessarily learn a lot. But the upside is we all get a chance to actually try and participate. And it takes us wherever we end up getting to be taken. 
And uh, once I got to Boise State and took an acting class, all of a sudden it just really jumped. And when I got up to uh, University of Idaho, I got to study uh, for one year under Forrest Sears, who was an amazing, uh, amazing theater teacher who just passed away a few months ago. Um, I, the irony is, is that I, I, I'm a much more spontaneous actor, and then I don't really get to act very much. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I, I feel much more capable. Uh, I just don't mm-hmm. get to practice that very often. Right. Okay. Well, I I know that, um, or at least I read, and you kind of alluded to earlier that you became a teacher because you fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested in um, hearing a little bit about your inspiration that you get from your students. Oh my gosh, I learned so much from my students. I have been, well, if you were, if for people who may have come to see nearly every show we've done, which would be pretty impossible, um, you would see the talent that I've gotten to work with over the years and the people who are very committed. And I've been fortunate year after year to work with people who are just wonderful people and committed to growing. And I learn a lot from them. But I also uh, really love the idea that in education, it's about trying to let people know that you can, you know, mm-hmm. rather than you can't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was really struck by, I think it was Robert, what was his last little, I can't remember the last name of the guy who wrote everything I need to know I learned to kin, I learned oh, in kindergarten. Oh, kin, 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 Kincaid? No, um, not Kincaid. Ooh, no, but I, I can't know remember. who you're talking about. I, yeah. yeah. Well, he went on a tour after the book became so popular and he right. started going to you know he started going to college he first started speaking at kindergartens but then mm-hmm. it expanded to high schools and colleges and he said you know you'd go to a, a grade school and you say who who wants to sing and like all the hands go up who can sing okay what do we sing and then they're all singing and mm-hmm. who wants to draw who, who's able to draw and all the hands go up we're able mm-hmm. to draw mm-hmm. so what are we going to draw and they're all drawing and you know who wants to dance well who, who can dance and everybody can dance and now we're all dancing and he said go to college who who here can draw no hands go yeah up, you know who here can sing no hands go up mm-hmm. and it's like something about the way we teach sometimes teaches us that we're not worthy or we're not able to and I really mm-hmm, like right. to be part of the process of you can mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah Robert Robert Fulgham Fulgham yes. there we go Fulgham there you go <laughs> Google yeah Google good for Google Google yeah, knows everything that really had a lot to do with the way I wanted to approach teaching Mm -hmm. Uh, I had inspiring teachers and I wanted to be an enabler a facilitator because you know we don't actually teach we can only create an environment and a set of experiences that allow students to learn but the student teaches themselves Mm -hmm. right which is one of the reasons why extra credit can be so problematic because if what you've planned for the semester is going to create the educational experience and then they don't do it and so well what about extra credit well You've missed out on yeah, you what's going to teach you. Yeah, yeah. I can't really teach you. I right. only create this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then remind students, though, that I'm also not the person sitting back and judging, going, oh, let's see, you passed, you didn't pass. Right. You know, I'm part of the process of helping you understand and try to find a way to succeed. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm part of your success process. So right. let me participate in that too. Yeah. You have questions. Right. Well, hearing stories uh, from other people about you, clearly you um, you have a gift because your your students and the other um, the other people that you work with speak so highly of you. In fact, and didn't you win the mayor's award in in 2019? That's right. For excellence, excellence in, in education. I mean, in education. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that is true. Thing. I believe you were another recipient of the. I know. I think we were in the same year. The I year. think it was very were. cool. That was really fun. An honor mm-hmm. to be in the same class. <laughs> it was a really good. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it very cool. Honor. And they, uh, I remember the people that spoke for you. I, I'm or you spoke, or, mm-hmm. and it Joe was Joe spoke. But the, was, who I was, think um, Jennifer read it was, some of the excerpts. Comments. It was great. I was mm-hmm. like, that's yeah, beautiful. It's yeah, just, yeah, yeah. And whenever in, I think about you, I think you are just 
always so kind and mm-hmm. so positive. And it's Thank a you. great, it's a great, uh, I don't know, it just feels good to be around you because and it's, it's a good energy. And I will say, you know, being in theater all my life, I mean, let's say, well, it's been 40 years at, at least. It's not an easy profession and it's not, uh, it's not always kind. And uh, it's nice to get reinforcement and also the opportunity to be in a positive environment. Like you said, it's a, it is a place for some people that, um, uh, that are hard in a, in a place where they are, are found, you know, they can find themselves. And um, a lot of people that are in theater are not outgoing and are not gregarious and they they have the chance to shine on stage and you'd be amazed it's so true I mean I would love to know the percentage of actors that are actually introverts and then they get on stage and they become what they can't be in real life right it's kind of like mm-hmm. I'm not gregarious but I can play it on TV exactly right. yeah, exactly <laughs> for me you know acting just like playwriting or scene design, it's it's an art, mm-hmm. and I I don't know how to teach it in a different way yeah. as, as an art form. And if you're going to be an artist, you have your your greatest uh, resource is yourself, who you are. Mm-hmm. So I have to we have to find out who I am as an artist and how what do I need as an artist. And so I try to work with students and say, you know, nobody's going to play this role the same way you will. Mm-hmm. So you have to honor yourself, not in, e- not in an egotistical way, but in a way to recognize that you have a gift that you are bringing and you have to nurture that gift. You know, that old saying about love the art art within you, not yourself, not love the art in yourself, not yourself in the art. Ooh, yes. Because once it becomes oh, like egotistical, then the potential goes way down. Yes. And that's when you get those bad experiences. Yeah, where you're like, ooh. And somebody getting ahead. And I've been fortunate to be in theater departments. Uh, and it's actually true throughout our region. Uh, I'm involved a lot with the American College Theater Festival. And so mm-hmm. I go to other schools and respond. And we have our big festival in February. And it's a group of people who are supporting each other. They're mm-hmm. competing with themselves and then supporting each other rather right. than competing with other people and yes. to support themselves. Right. Which uh, isn't true in all areas of the country. No. Uh, and so I've, I've just been very fortunate with that too. But I figure if somebody is able to recognize their value, that is going to help them overcome some of those roadblocks and some people saying, no, you're not good enough. Mm -hmm. Uh, They'll be able to persevere and and overcome that. Uh, And hopefully, you know, to some extent, I've also uh, thought, well, this may not be the right company for me if their approach Right, yeah, exactly. That was something I loved about Roger with Coeur d'Alene Summer Theater. Mm -hmm. It was always about the story and he was a very nurturing kind of person at least my experience of mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Um, so it, it feels like it can work yeah <laughs> but I also as I said if you're training an artist it ha- that breaking them down yeah feels like it's it's counterproductive the person yeah 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 yeah, uh, yeah. And then they're gonna, you're gonna shape them, and now have you restricted what they can possibly do? Because mm. the most interesting acting to me is when it's authentic, mm-hmm. when somebody's being real and vulnerable, and they're in the moment, uh, rather than seeing, um, you know, somebody crying real tears. And then you can tell in their head they're going. See, I've got real tears coming down. Yeah. People are going to come backstage and they're going to great this they're moment gonna, was. <laughs> right, they're love like, me. but it's not connected to the moment. Exactly. Right? So it's not really vulnerable. So I really love getting people to be courageous enough to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that and that does take courage. It does. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Acting is not easy. It is <laughs> right. not easy. It is not. No. Well, um, I know that uh, we've got another year coming. What do you have planned? And what, um, as as far as shows, what is a show that you've just been dying to direct? Oh, you know, I don't know that I have anything. That, the one I was dying most to direct, I got to do in the fall, a play called This Random World by a playwright who I adored, 
called Stephen Dietz. Mm. He's great. Oh, yeah. So good. His play Private Eyes. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So good. <laughs> there's, but there's so much heart, mm-hmm. you know. And again, to play those roles, you have to take risks and really be truly authentic. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, was a, it ended up being a real beautiful experience. Uh, and then this last play ended up being such a wonderful experience. Right now... <laughs> it's hard to know what's going to happen next year because I'm currently the the division chair for health professions. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, what, is, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? Well, you know, we have each of our departments has a division chair, right? Uh, and the the program directors over in the in that division are so busy because they're all. Not only does the school have its own accreditation, but each of their programs has their own unique accrediting body. And so they're mm-hmm. all accredited. So the program director is always having to be writing reports and doing all this stuff. And they're, they're uh, quite busy teaching mm-hmm. students to be professionals in the medical community. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're all taking a pay cut to work to teach for North Idaho College right which is a really beautiful thing but as one of them put it he said you know if I take one of these positions in the field I'm filling one position he says by teaching I'm filling 10 right Mm -hmm. you know and uh, so they weren't able to be the division chair and Mm -hmm. nobody was really volunteering and and uh, uh, I'd kind of gotten a nudge from some backdoor things that just said why so I applied and started in August Uh, but I also like to point out that perhaps I'm one of the best arguments for a liberal arts education yeah absolutely having that ability to critically think and Mm -hmm. adapt Mm -hmm. that the liberal arts education provides for an individual I couldn't have even thought of putting myself out there for that yeah yeah Well, I was going to say that uh, if somebody asked you to do that, what brilliance on their part to bring in an artist (laughs) to oversee the health department, because what better way to create a great environment for good health? Mm -hmm. Hopefully, uh, (laughs) I'm, uh, you know, it's been a great learning curve, but one of the things that occurred to me was um, Lee Selting at University of Wyoming, an acting teacher, has now moved into administration. Dean Pantea down at University of Idaho, one of their lighting and technical faculty members, is now in the provost's office. Catherine Jeffs over at Gonzaga, who was the chair of the theater department, is now moving up in administration. Wow. More and more I'm looking at theater faculty who are moving and David Lee Painter has been asked to be in the dean's office he's has turned that down mm-hmm. uh, but something about the skill set that mm-hmm. theater brings mm-hmm. is people are recognizing the attractiveness so when people say well you're not going to get a job in theater well that's but it's great a, it's a real restrictive view yeah. of right. what education can do for you because it's going to create opportunities that are entirely unexpected right if, if somebody had told me in the early 90s I was going to be a college professor I would have laughed at them oh yeah I'm like, no, no there's no way I couldn't do that and now I'm not only a college professor but I'm the division chair for health profession exactly What's going to be the curve for the theater department is that I'm also the part, now I'm doing that part-time and I'm doing the theater department part-time. And as I spoke with Sherry Simpkins, our, our new dean of general education, oh, that's been a great sign for the school is the new hires have been really good. So good. people mm-hmm. who are concerned about the, the health the of future. the school, mm-hmm. those are some real encouraging signs. So not only is our accreditation actually, in, our accreditation has been in fine shape, it's got a threat to it, mm-hmm. but that's further down the road. But right. the mm-hmm. hires that we're making, I think, are really good hires. So I spoke with Sherry. I said, you know, I don't want the school to get the impression that the theater department is a part-time job. No. So we're looking at perhaps hiring a special appointment or oh, seeing how that might go. So, right. But I don't know whether that'll get approved. I don't know what that, Right. you know. So I don't know quite what the future looks like yet for okay. next year. That's all right. <laughs> Hey y'all, it's Jason from Tubbs Coffee Roasters. We are North Idaho's specialty coffee roaster. We are homegrown and we are local. We love coffee and we love our community, especially Allie and Callie in ArtCast. 
We have a retail space in our roastery in Hayden, and we can also be found on the shelves at Super One and Yolks. And if you like to buy coffee online, we do offer subscriptions. You can find us at tubscoffeeroasters.com. Support arts and culture and your local roaster. That's all. So I want to touch back on the skills you learn as an actor. You never know where it's going to take you. It's, no. The skills are amazing. Well, and one of the most important skills you have to learn in theater is discipline. Yeah, exactly. Because if you're not reliable, if you're not disciplined, mm-hmm. your career is going to be amazingly short. Yes. You know, people sometimes think, oh, you know, I'm going to be, I'm really talented. I'm really good. They're right. going to just have to work with me. But, mm-hmm. but no, I uh, in musical theater, but I not only did I get to travel because of theater, I got to go overseas and all kinds of stuff. But anyway, because I had the confidence to carry myself into a room, even if I didn't have the skill set, <laughs> I went in and I sold myself to get that job. There's so many good things about the training that builds the confidence. You can even see it in major stars. You know, sometimes they are so powerful and they are so popular that they get to run things. Right. But as soon as they have it, a movie that isn't a hit. Yeah. They drop out really yeah, fast because it, it, nobody's there to support them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that discipline is important. We also learn how to create a process because theater is based on deadlines. Mm-hmm. So we're process oriented, right. disciplined. Mm-hmm. We know how to work with people in a mm-hmm. collaborative way that exactly. is supportive of each other. Uh, we know how to pretend like we know what we're doing <laughs> <Yeah>. socially. <laughs> I can do that. Of course yeah. I can. Uh, my students don't always notice that. You know, I don't come into class till shortly before class begins because. Because I don't know. I just feel so awkward. You know, I'm sticking the. <laughs> I don't want to talk about uh, that. <laughs> oh, nine o'clock. It's like somebody puts a quarter in. Like, yeah. Okay, great. And then nine fifty. <laughs> now I, I don't know what to do anymore. Right. But but I know how to imitate that. Mm-hmm. Right. So I know what it looks like to be social, and mm-hmm. I'm really good at being able to introduce myself and sure. try to ask other people questions because mm-hmm. I fortunately. Being in the arts, you gain a real curiosity for the human condition and about other people and, and you know, mm-hmm. what is life about and how do, I mean, it's, it's all about curiosity. And mm-hmm. just watching socially how people interact with each other yeah. on stage and off and just kind of, you know, using that and you can use that in any, your daily life. It's just, I don't know, I think theater is fascinating and it always has been. So anyone who's ever not tried acting, you should try it. You should. You should. You learn so much. Take a mm-hmm. class. Um, it's fascinating. Yeah. So those skills. You know, they, they, they feed into all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they feed into any number of careers. Mm-hmm. And you just don't know where you're going to end up, but those skills will serve you. Mm-hmm. Particularly the discipline and the process yes. and the ability to collaborate. Uh, they're, they're essential. The Coeur d'Alene Arts and Culture Alliance is excited to partner with the Museum of North Idaho in a new fundraiser, the Speakeasy. Join us on Thursday, June 16th for an evening of illicit dancing, live music, gambling, raffles, and more. Come dress to the nines for a 20s-era costume contest. Tickets include appetizers, complimentary glass of champagne or craft beer, and an old-fashioned speakeasy glass. Tickets are $75 each or $60 if you are a member of the Arts and Culture Alliance or the museum. Your purchase ticket provides instructions and the password to enter this top-secret location. You can get information and your tickets online at artsandculturecda.org slash speakeasy or stop in the Coeur d'Alene Chamber Visitor Center or the Museum of North Idaho and purchase them in person. Callie and I will be there. We hope to see you too. I would like to hear a little bit about where you think you're going. Um, you've mentioned administration a little bit, but uh, are you also thinking about maybe at some point retiring and exploring your own acting and directing outside of teaching? Because I'm a late starter, I don't get to retire for a number of years yet. So <laughs> I'm going to be 63, but I should really work till I'm 68 or 69 if I want to have a comfortable retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, again, being an educator in Idaho. Uh, yeah. But I'm grateful to be an educator in Idaho. So as even though I joke about it, right. I am so grateful because I get to work with some, such incredible people. Um, but 
when I retire, I would like to be able to explore maybe more acting, mm-hmm. uh, some opportunity. I don't have time to work. It, the community, right. I did one show at Spokane Civic Theater mm-hmm. at one point, mm-hmm. and then um, I'm especially sure not hard. having guest directors has really created uh, an issue there time-wise. Right. Um, so I'd like to explore that, but what I'm really working on is my poker game. Oh! <laughs> I go play tournaments over at the Black Pearl in, Sp- in Spokane Valley oh, every fine. day I possibly can. It's oh, $25. I figure it's one of the cheaper poker lessons you can get because uh-huh. if I can be good at poker, I can supplement my income. <laughs> right. I'm not that good yet. So, oh, yeah. not supplementing no, enough. Uh, Texas Hold'em. Oh, okay. Fine. And I break even. Yeah, that's good. Well, that's good. But I don't regularly make a profit i kind of slowly make a profit but not enough to really be i'm not good enough yet that's oh, the thing right. that's so, fun. Right. but i love the game oh that's how fun, fun. Yeah. yeah i love playing oh cool <laughs> that's <laughs> again, well, it's a social thing yeah in a way. yeah right that's good yeah. well i would like to talk a little bit about star trek <laughs> <laughs> so what is your favorite character oh gosh i always you know, I like them being, I guess, being a theater person, there's, you just like every, mm-hmm. but I, 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 I've always had this interest with Spock, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. He's my fave. Kirk is so charismatic, though, <laughs> yes. too, and Sulu is great. Um, actually, having a woman at the communications board who was a woman of color. Pretty amazing, uh-huh. yeah. Which they didn't give her enough to do, but I mean, the fact right. that she was there <laughs> exactly. in the 1960s, yeah. pretty yeah. impressive. Uh, and I just love the optimism. It's like, uh, it's like my attraction to the Beatles, and I know more about the Beatles than I know about anything else. I in love the, world. the Beatles, but yeah. those are both optimistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're both very optimistic, uh, and I loved. I got to see Gene Roddenberry speak once. And you did? Yeah, oh, fun! I was really excited. He came to Boise State, and I was sitting in the audience. It was before the first movie came out, and. And he was asking for questions, and I raised my hand, and I said, well, when you're doing the movie, is it going to be like an expanded television episode? And he said, well, that's a very perceptive question, and I didn't hear, I don't remember anything else from <laughs> Like, he spoke I'm to me. me perspective. Perspective. Perceptive. <laughs> that's great. So, yeah, but I used to, you know, I uh, remember the title names, who wrote the script, you know, oh, yeah. all, of those, all of those things. Uh, and so, again, since it got me into the process, for some reason, I had this, I was young at the time, uh, which tells you how long ago it was, but um, uh, I had this idea that they were at the local station, because, you know, the local KTB oh, yeah. was airing them at four o'clock, and I thought, well, they're in the studio over there doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, and I thought, how do they do that? Where are the cameras at? What is all, you know, what is this? How do they do that? So I, I read books about the making of the television series. Mm-hmm. And so it got me very fascinated with acting and the mm-hmm. process of creating something like that. And so that served me really well, being process-oriented rather mm-hmm. than results-oriented and rather than um, what's in it for me-oriented. Right, right. <laughs> you know? Right, how to create it. <laughs> because it's, when it's process, it's not about me. Mm-hmm. It's about the process. Mm-hmm. And it's not about me, it's about the goal. So... Um, I'm sometimes probably too good about, I, I, even in our programs, I don't usually share this, but uh, uh, I oftentimes will do sound design and I'll, I'll be doing other things like for Midsummer Night's Dream, I, I got to write original music. I actually, I think I actually took oh, credit right. for that. Uh, uh-huh. But well, there was one that I thought, oh, I bet you Joe wrote this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The two the two yeah. original songs there, mm-hmm. and then I recorded the guitar, mandolin, twelve string. But I didn't say didn't give any credit for anybody who recorded or engineered the recordings. I recorded those myself in the basement, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I I. I I was going under, for sound design and other things, I was mm-hmm. going under Alan Konigsberg because that's Woody Allen's original name. Oh. But in the last few years, I've kind of thought, ah, I don't know if I can still do that. Yeah. <laughs> now, now it's James Ritchie because James is Paul McCartney's first name and Ringo oh. Starr's name was Richie. Richie. Everybody called him Richie. So, right. So I've, uh, so I'll, I've used pseudonyms for a long time so that the program isn't directed by... This, yes, doing this and doing because it, it's not a you know I want the focus to be on the students mm-hmm. you know, about on the show right you know so sometimes I think I'm maybe too good at that but I'd rather be too good at, at but the, the I think the downside is then 
I don't always maybe call enough attention to the department. <laughs> oh, because I'm not like, look what I'm doing. Look what yeah. I'm doing. Right. Like, look what we're doing. But honestly, but, I think that the the production should speak loudly about the department because of the yeah. quality that comes the through. Whole show. And I think people see that. Oh, yeah. I mean, we well, clearly saw that Absolutely. when we went to the show the other night. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'm so pleased about that. Yeah. Because that's the, really the important thing is yeah. that we showcase the students. And I, and as I said, I, you know, Jay Karkoff, Tyler Hughes, mm-hmm. there, there are secret weapons for the design and what's mm-hmm. going on. And Jamie Marble for the scene, you know, and, and Justin's designs. I've always... And Carol is such a great collaborator. Mm-hmm. Um, the questions that she asks and the way she can find a way to help tell the character's story through costumes mm-hmm. is just incredible. So I get to work with all of these people who make me look really good. Yeah, <laughs> good, good planning. It's yeah, a, that's it a good thing. Good yeah. thing. And I've had that fortunate situation every single year and I uh, for a while I didn't want to say that you know mm-hmm. cuz I thought I'm going to jinx it right? <laughs> every year you guys well you you've seen the talent that's in this area oh mm-hmm. yeah we get students coming in from the five northern counties that are really talented mm-hmm. and really committed and really wonderful people and every single year it happens and uh, I've been the fortunate recipient of that and mm-hmm. of the great work that our designers do well, this has been so nice, Joe. Yeah. Thank okay. you so much for sharing your time with us and, and what you do for NIC and for all the acting, young acting or, or the new students mm-hmm. at NIC. And uh, and we look forward to seeing more at NIC yeah. next year. Good. And I hope you can find a guest director. That's Me right. Too. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Exactly. Well, yes, exactly. Yeah. But so uh, yes, thank you so much for being here. Well, What's the treat? It's an honor to be asked. Thank you so much. Absolutely. For well, yeah, for the invitation. I'm Allie and I'm Callie and whatever you do today, make sure it's creative. The Alley and Kelly Artcast is a program of the Coeur d'Alene Arts and Culture Alliance and is sponsored by NIA, North Idaho Alliance, a woman-based leadership organization designed to inspire, uplift, and impact your community and lives. And Tubbs Coffee Roasters, globally sourced, locally roasted coffee.